Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we're here to cover yesterday's victory over the Northwestern Wildcats. This one took place in Evanston. And we're going to look ahead to what has suddenly become a very terrifying I'm matchup. I'm so scared! <laughs> against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, which is quite a sentence that uh not really sure I would have uh, foreseen myself saying at the beginning of the season. They looked like yet... a Final Four team last night, Ledman. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> They're terrifying! Here we are. So uh that'll be the second half of the podcast. First, we're going to start out with uh, at least the semi-positive news. Um, so Purdue did uh, take down Northwestern for the second time this year, uh, 70-64. This one was was in Evanston at the new Welsh Ryan Arena after all those uh, millions of dollars were put in to rehab it. Uh, we're told it's a lot better now than than what Casey and I have experienced. I, but... I saw the picture. It looks like an actual like arena now. So. Yeah. Big step up. Yeah, so that's good. Um, you know, they're still not winning a ton of games, but uh, you know, hopefully, maybe maybe given time, they can join the rest of the Big Ten and competing for uh, NCAA tournament appearances. So, uh, before we get into the actual game, I want to at least note the Big Ten standings. Uh, Purdue now sits at twelve and four. Uh, they're the only team in the conference right now with 12 wins, um, one of four teams with four losses. But because we have 12 wins, we are technically uh, in first place by half a game ahead of Wisconsin and Illinois. Uh, because as Casey mentioned at the top there, Illinois just got absolutely wrecked by Rutgers uh, just before the Purdue game last night. So Purdue sitting at the top of the Big Ten right now, um, but we're going into... Yeah, seems like yet another stretch of hard games. So we will see where we are uh, in a in about a week's time. Um, tell us a little bit about a little bit more about where we and the rest of the conference stand. So, uh, Casey, do you have any predictions on what is looking like a really tough battle at the top of the Big Ten? I mean, we talked a little bit. It really did seem like four was the magic number, right? It, yeah. If you got yeah, to it, four, 
you would at least tie for it. Yeah, and now we're I mean now we're sitting in Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois, oh, and Ohio State. And Ohio um, State all have all have four losses. Ohio State's only at thirteen total games. Um, Illinois and Wisconsin have fifteen, and Purdue has sixteen in conference. So uh, they've got a ways to go there because of uh, delays, cancellations, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's crazy. The you want to say we got screwed during that two week span, two and a half week span. You know, we heard the thing on the broadcast. Today, right now, this moment is the first day off in 23 days yeah. for the Purdue players. That's yeah. insane. That I mean, that's just exhausting to even think about, let alone the effort they're putting in versus us, you know, Joe's sitting on the couch watching them and being like, why are their legs tired? <laughs> Why are their shots short? It's like, uh, well, they've been doing this for 23 days in a row. Yeah, regardless of how you feel about student-athlete, whether they should get paid or not, there's no way you can deny that being on a D1 basketball team is the equivalent of having a job. Oh, yeah. In the sense of time, mental capacity, everything you have to fit around between school, practice, all of that. Have you ever worked 23 days in a row, Ledman? Uh, no, I have not. What What's the longest you've worked in a row um, without a day off? Oh, God. I know it's I mean, a lo- you're a lawyer, so it's probably like two but before yes, exactly. That. So th- the only thing that comes to mind is when I worked as a grad assistant in Purdue Athletics, mm. w- I mean, so I worked uh, Monday through Friday. I was in the office. I worked every Saturday that there was a home football game. Okay. Um, and if there wasn't a football game, I also had to work soccer games and I subbed <laughs> in and I subbed in for volleyball games. Uh, so, I mean, it was probably pretty close at one point during a season that it was like that. And it was it was, it was exhausting. Don't get me wrong. Um, but even if I ever got to 23 days, I'm not out there on the field, the court, any mm. of, you know, I'm just standing there directing a bunch of interns on where to throw T-shirts or what the the hot box pizza um, rally race had to be about. So, I mean, it's quite a bit different. Yeah, I, I used to bartend in Lafayette you know, for like eight years. Right. Yeah. And just sometimes the way schedule works, covering for people, you know, we had stretches where we were, you know, three or four people understaffed and you're working every day. I think I worked 16 days in a row once. That's that's a lot, especially because day, I mean those are probably late nights. Yes, but at day like day like nine, like I'm testy. I don't want to talk to anyone. I hate everything. Things about my job I enjoy. You just learn to hate everything. Granted, it's basketball, but like there is something that happens to the human mind when you have to do something that many days in a row without any kind of break or process away from it. Like, that is a big load to carry. Plus, you're talking about how physically daunting these games are, the 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 demand from fans, everything else. Like, I cannot imagine not being able to step away for 23 straight days. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a long time uh, to think about. I mean, when they said that last night on the broadcast, it, I think it just hit me that you, you don't really think of it that way because you're like, oh, well, they had a game and then they had two days off and then they had a game. Well, you know, we as fans had two days off. You know, we were just sitting around like, hey, when's the next game? Look at the schedule. And we're like, all right, I'll watch it then. For them, they're they're traveling. They've got practice. They're still going to class. They've got, you know, maybe they've got weights. Maybe they've got, um, you know, tutoring sessions. So it, it's not a day off. Even a day off for them is, is not the same as a day off for someone like you or you or me. Yeah, not at all. So it makes sense that during this stretch, it's, it's amazing we only had one loss. Yeah. Yeah. To look back on it, it, you are right. One loss. Like, you can say what you want about the Maryland game. We played so bad at that. We were down double digits in the second half. Yeah. It would not have been hard for us to lose that game. No. The fact we had enough to make a run as quick as we did and to just barely hold on 
it's pretty impressive that through all of that, we lost one road game against a top 30 talented team in the country. Yeah, and a team that really seems to be putting it together, really putting it together right now. Right. So, to be honest, we're all very mad and not happy at Purdue right now. It's not been fun for three straight games to watch them. We still only lost one of those games, and we are still 23-4 and on the season. We are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8, and 1 in our last nine games. Yeah. Despite being just in a marathon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. kudos to this team, to be honest, just kudos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody who's listening knows this, but Purdue now has four games left in the uh, big 10 season. And none of them, I would say at this point are gimmies um, home against Rutgers, go to Michigan state, go to Wisconsin, and then finish the season home at Indiana. Um, so that is, that is a tough stretch to close out the season. Feels like, uh, the scheduling gods did Purdue no favors uh, this year, but the best thing about the remaining schedule is Purdue plays on Sunday. They play on, they play Rutgers, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but then after that, they do not play again until the following Saturday. Um, so hopefully that'll give the team time to recharge, refresh, get their legs back under them. I'm sure Painter knows how to handle this. Um, give him a day off here or there, whatever he needs to do, go a little light in practice. Um, you know, hopefully they can get their minds right and be ready for that stretch run at the end of the year. Yeah, we've got six days coming up, five days off, whatever it is. That's going to be great. We don't have to play more than twice a week until the tourneys. And, you know, we we saw flashes against Northwestern, if oh, we yeah. want to segue into the game, where Perfect. we look good again. Um, I thought our defense was encouraging. The start of the game, we came out with a lot of energy, forced turnovers. Yeah, yeah we were really, really active in passing lanes. Everybody was moving, um, following, you know, like you talked about uh, last episode, uh, you know, you got to know where the ball is going instead of looking at where the ball is. And I thought our team did a really good job of looking active uh, to start the first half. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we've got a couple couple key people that have really become cogs for us, come in, do the right things. You know who I'm going to say. I do know who you're going to say. <laughs> um, it, it's, I, I just think we, we showed enough in that game. The, the end was weird and bad, but it was one of those where it's just like, we know we have this game won. I know you're trying really hard and you're chipping away, but... Purdue wasn't really threatened. It was just kind of like, oh, here we go again. Why is this taking five hours? Yeah, I mean, the second half really slowed to a crawl. Um, and like you said, once Purdue, it really, it was like, I think it was about 10 to 10. And it seems like it's the third or so game where Ethan Morton has been uh, instrumental in kind of getting the team back to a tie. And then Purdue kind of took the lead. And I felt comfortable for the majority of the game. Um, and then at the end, the, the lead just kind of chipped away. Purdue was up 14 and then wound up winning by six. But I didn't ever really feel like, as Northwestern was was uh, chipping away at the end, that, that the game was in jeopardy or in doubt. I felt pretty comfortable with what we were doing. It was just like, how annoyed am I going to get at this game? Yeah, yeah. I Can we just – how many games are we going to have where Ethan Morton doesn't miss a shot, probably plays the best perimeter defense on our team, and he still – can't play more than 11 minutes? Yeah, 11 minutes. What's of, happening of, here, Ledman? Uh, of all nine players uh, who played, uh, he tied with Caleb first with just 11 minutes. And to your point, he took two shots, made two shots, grabbed two rebounds, one assist, one steal, uh, one turnover. But, you know, overall, uh, he looked great out there, looked really active. Plus or minus a nine. Nine points. Okay. Well, in 11 minutes. Yeah, and when you only win by six, anytime your plus minus is above, you know, the margin of victory, that's pretty good. I just... I. 
it feels like such an obvious thing to do to help our defenses to play our best perimeter defender. And at this point, I'm going to call him that. So if you think, you know, that Morton deserves more minutes, and I agree, you know, I've been on the Ethan Morton train since the offseason, whose minutes does he take? Let me get, take a guess. I'll give you one guess. (laughs) I'm going to guess maybe Isaiah Thompson. Yes. Because he had 21. He had 21 points. Or no, 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 21 minutes. 21 minutes, sorry, yeah. Seven points. He was he was uh, two for four from the field, including two of three from three. Yeah. Uh, he, one of three free throws. He made two threes in the first half. He played pretty well. But that was also a team that's not going to challenge him on the defensive end at all. And he was not good in the second half. And one of three from the free throw line late? Yeah, he Purdue, be better really, Purdue as a team really struggled uh, late from the free throw line. Yeah, he went one of three. Hunter went two of four. Um. It, you know, Ivy Ivy only played 23 minutes. Ivy looked bad. He looked I bad. I mean, there, there's no there's no, no two ways about it. He only he only wound up with eight points, and four of those came from the free throw line, which, I mean, you can live with him getting a lot of points at the free throw line, but he was 2 of 12 from the floor and 0 of 5 from three, and his jumper seems to have left him uh, for the time being. I'm sure it'll come back, uh, but for right now, he has not looked very good. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're going to say that there's a lot of reasons to be tired— exponentially there's even more reason for the best player who has carried a crazy load mm-hmm. during this time. And you can say what you want. Like he's got to have NBA on his mind a little bit. We're not far from the tournament where you make or break yourself. He's playing to push himself into the top five of the NBA draft. There's a lot of things going on. And obviously he doesn't look quite right on offense. His jumper has left him and that's made it a lot easier to defend. And we mentioned this last pod. He gets no calls. No, yeah, and none at all. He took five free throws. It easily could have been 15. Absolutely. And it's really hard when you work that hard to get to the hoop and take that kind of punishment, and you get absolutely no respect from the – that was the worst officiated game of the season, and that's saying something. Again, yeah, I mean, again, we get to the point where Big Ten officials – the most maddening thing to me, I mean, I know you can have your quibbles on, on what upsets you the most, and I've talked about it on here before, the most – maddening thing to me is the inconsistency from half to half and even from you know four minute span to four minute span these if the officials don't call a consistent game the players don't know how to play um if you're going to change what you're going to call as a foul what you're going to allow especially down low or or coming through the lane for a guy like ivy who drives it's going to make them hesitant it's going to change how they play and it's just maddening to not know what is a foul from game to game and from minute to minute yeah, this was a, a lot of the foul stuff is difficult. A lot of the travel calls are difficult nowadays. Yeah, but this squad was screwing up easy calls. They just think, still, it seems like a, a lot of out of bounds were they, just randomly. They screwed up like three of them in a half to start the game, and like they just made no nonsensical. Just I, it's infuriating. Do you want to talk about the foul on Trey on the putback? <laughs> well, just I were they I. Do they not want to have fun, Ledman? <laughs> Do they I not? I don't think that's their best argument. Love spectacle. It, I mean, so if you did not, are watch you not the allowed game, to take the ball from the heavens? If you if you did not watch the and game, throw down like an angel coming to earth. <laughs> I think it was strike down was, with the fury of Thor. <laughs> I think it was Sasha who took a three, uh, missed it, but there was a it was right. a quite high rebound. There were three. I think three Why Northwestern not? guys, at oh, least just, eleven foot, just around the rim, waiting for the rebound. All of a sudden, Trey comes in. He rises above them all, gets the rebound, 
and just slams it home. Like, of course, he did run into these three guys. No, he did not. He flew over them. But it seems to me like it was after he'd gotten the ball. So then they called, of course, they called a foul on Williams, wiping off an amazing dunk. And Eric Hunter Jr., if you can find a clip uh, of of this, his face was just hilarious. Because he knows that there was an assault to the history of basketball. That is a highlight that should have existed all year. It should have been one of the top plays. Yeah. It was it was the gorgeous aesthetic of a giant man with his long arm grabbing it with one hand while going over a defender, bringing it into two, and just flushing it with authority. Yeah, instead, that play oh, never happened. This can't be the world we live in. I know. Where is Kang? I need this timeline <laughs> wiped off. For those uh, that do not understand that reference, that is uh, Kang the Conqueror. Uh, who you may recognize from the Marvel comics Everyone's or possibly a nerd now, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everyone's now, the MCU. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. I just want to want to make sure everybody knows where we're at. Um, so it was it was an interesting game. I mean, you know, we go from beating Northwestern at home by 20, we end up beating them on the road by six. And I mean, I thought Eric Hunter uh, looked good on offense again. That fadeaway, gorgeous. Yeah. He he continues to. Tough to show us what he can do. And anytime he's playing like this, he does make the team better. Um, and Mason Gillis had a pretty good game on offense. The jump three shot's of, back. Three of four from three, total of 11 points. He again, you know, has some defensive lapses, misses some box outs, uh, especially on the defensive end mm-hmm. um, that allows some offensive rebounds. But can if we you're talk, go- no, can we talk about his audition to be a fucking NFL first round draft pick for a pitcher? With, oh, yeah, he was just fireballing these passes he, into Edie. He, I don't know what he, he was He made the doing. first one, and it was a rocket while Edie's being groped from behind. And I don't – Edie caught it somehow. Just, like, two-hand snagged it like a seven-foot-four tight end. And just from there, Gills is like, all right, game on. I got I'm a receiver. I'm doing it again. Let's yeah. go. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's one of those passes where, like, you don't catch it. It hits you so hard that it just sticks. Yeah, I – Cooper Cup would have dropped those passes. Yeah. They're very close on a basketball court. And yeah. you know if it's Edie in the post, he's getting hung on by eight guys. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know out. why I don't know why chill Gills out, was throwing such fireballs in there, but <laughs> I commented on pointless. Twitter and I was like, Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not as if like the shot clock was winding down and he had to get the ball out of his hand or like the game was almost over. It was just like twelve seconds in the shot clock and then you're just whistling it in there down to Edie and you're like, What is he doing? The best one was when he caught it up top with two hands and then wind it up. Just <laughs> there was no reason for it. Like, cause it should have just been a quick little dump off and he just goes, I hit that. Yeah. Uh so definitely need to work on that. So uh one thing that I at least wanted to mention, uh it came up in our group chat today and uh Travis did some legwork on some stats uh, that I thought w- were noteworthy. So we were complaining, uh, not complaining, but noting how I- Ivy has not really looked like himself recently. Um, his jumper has been off. And, you know, my silver lining was I remember saying these exact same things about Carson Edwards uh, the year we went to the Elite Eight. Um, you know, he had a lot of bad games there toward the end of Big Ten season, and we were all getting frustrated with his play. Um, and Travis did the legwork, as he is known to do. Uh, February 19th at IU that season, Carson went four of 24. Uh, the next game at Nebraska, he was three of 16. Um, so, you know, Edwards had some very bad games that season and he still was able to find that next level in the NCAA tournament and have, as we've discussed, one of the best, uh, shooting or any kind of NCAA tournaments we've ever seen. So my hope is that, uh, Ivy can, can do the same thing because he's obviously, just as talented, uh, if not more so, 
than Carson Edwards. So I, I think he can turn that on come NCAA tournament time, and that's that's what I'm hoping uh, will carry this team come March. From your lips to God's ears. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's what we need. So he is now ducked down to 38% from three. Oof. He was. Yeah. It was near 50% for a while. I was, I was going to say it was. It hovered around 45 for quite a while. I thought. Yeah, he's he's who. 0 for 5, 1 for 4, 1 for 4, 2 for 5, 0 for 6. Uh, oh, wow. last five games. Yeah, that's not good. 0 for 5 and 0 for 6. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think his shot looks terrible. I, no, no. I, I think right now he's just kind of in his head a little bit, trying really hard. I think he knows he just needs to see one go down, and he's just trying to get to it. And sometimes you do that. You're just like, look, I'm going to chuck up three. One of them is going to feel good, and it's going to ignite me. And it's hard to blame someone with that much talent to have that mentality. And then, when it, like we mentioned, when you go to the hoop and don't get rewarded, all of a sudden that becomes less of a good play because you know you're going to get hacked, and who knows if you're actually going to get a call or not. So. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about him. I I think it was probably good that we set him a little more that game. He's going to get rest. Legs are going to get back. I, I got a feeling he's definitely definitely gearing up for a big finish to the season. He's, yeah, I really he's hope too so. too good. Yeah. Too um, good. I, w- I want to at least mention uh, Trevion Williams' game. Again, struggled a bit on offense. I mean, two of seven, uh, did grab six rebounds, and again, continues to be able to pass the ball like no one else we've ever seen. Uh, Five assists, including a really nifty over-the-shoulder that he seems to be able to pull out at any time. Yeah, he was also so bad that he got yanked right away in the first half. Yes, yes, he did. I don't know why he's so inconsistent. He had a much better, much better in the second half. Right. Uh, Um, But, I mean, in the first half, not not, uh, what we want. Yeah, we're... It would be nice to be reminded what this team can do by all their play. We, we talked about it. We have so many great guys that we just need like two of them to go off and to be unbeatable. And right now we are barely getting one to one and a half. Yeah. Like Edie was good. Edie had 14 points, six of eight from the free throw line. He's just too big for Northwestern. Yeah. We need him to hit some help. Ivy wasn't really there. Trey wasn't there till late. Sasha, Sasha didn't have a good poorly. game. Yeah. I mean, Mason and Eric picked up a lot of slack. Good to see. I think that's encouraging going forward. It's just now it's time. Go on, Sasha, get hot again. Trey. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it's, especially somebody like Sasha, who th- this is it for him. You know, I, I think we talked about Eric Hunter Jr. kind of realized that maybe a month and a half or so ago, and was like, oh, this is this is it for me. You know, this is my last year. So whatever he needed to do to get his mind right, he's really turned it up and gotten better and better uh, since that time. Now. I don't know if it's quite as easy for somebody who makes their money on three-point shooting uh, because I think Hunter changed the mentality um, and became more opportunistic and more aggressive on offense, whereas I don't think that Sasha really has that problem. Uh, right now for him, the shots just aren't falling. Yeah, and he still does a lot of stuff. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he had that weird play where he just fell down. <laughs> Not really sure what happened. But, yeah, I, I haven't been worried about Sasha this year at all because he's – so consistent now and so many good things trey worries me because i remember him being dominant he used to be unguardable and now it's a little bit like he doesn't know what to pull out of his bag anymore yeah and he's doing i and you know maybe this is me just trying to find a reason but he seems like the majority of his shots now he's fading away from the hoop instead of going toward the hoop um i know he's good at that uh, but he didn't always do that. Sometimes, you know, he would take somebody toward the basket, fake one way, go the other, and get the easier shot. But now I feel like nearly everything he does is a fadeaway. Yeah, it's – I don't know if he's afraid to get charges, which that was another one where on one end, Trey doesn't get the call when he goes down, and on the other, a clear flop. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. 
I mean, it's just it, it, we've got time to to get it right, but uh, there. Everybody on on Twitter and everybody on Facebook who who is in our our comments is always like, I don't care about winning the Big Ten. The March is the goal, and that's where we need to, to do it. And of course, that is right. March is where we we need to make our stand, where we need to be uh, our very best team. But the Big Ten games, the Big Ten play matters because that's how you put yourself in a position to get the best possible seed. So for all these people that always, when I you know talk about on Twitter where we sit in the Big Ten standings and come out and say, well, it doesn't matter. It's all about March. Mm-hmm. Yes, everyone agreed. But what you do in the regular season matters of where you are in March. So that's why we got to pay attention to things like this. That's why these games matter. Um, because, again, Purdue's getting in, getting into the tournament. We're 23-4. and four. We could lose the next four games. We could lose the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. We are still getting in. But our seed will be worse, which makes March harder. So – I don't know why people just continuously just throw away Big Ten season as if it has no meaning. Yeah, one of the biggest lines that I see in an NCAA tournament when you look between seeds, the difference in a three seed and a four seed is usually pretty severe. Like, usually by the end of the third the, the third or fourth third seed, those are your juggernauts. Those are your national title contenders. You'll get the wayward one that gets into the final four, but those are the elite of the elite. So... If you can avoid playing them for one more round, try it. Go ahead and do that. Win in the regular season. This was a quad one win, apparently. I, I'm not sure how. At Northwestern was? Yeah, because they're a top 75 team on the road. Well, I, I don't right, know then. how they are, but computers like them. So, big win. We've got just a few more on the schedule. And if we win the Big Ten, it's going to be pretty hard to keep us off the one seed. Yeah, I would think so, given how good a lot of teams in the Big Ten have looked so far this year. Um, I mean, right now, if you look at the most recent bracketology by Lenardi, who, again, uh, I think we've mentioned before, not always great getting the seeding right. Uh, really, the, a lot of these guys just focus on which teams are in. He's got us as a two seed uh, playing in Indy with Kentucky as the one seed in that uh, in our bracket there. So was that before or after Kentucky just lost? Um, this is from uh, the 15th. So this is two days ago. Yep, that would have been right before they lost. Oh, there you go. So um, changes quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are so many moving parts. No one really knows anything at this point, but it's something to keep an eye on, because as we said, it's going to make a damn bit of difference uh, as to how we match up and how far we can go in March. So anything else about Northwestern before we take a break and look ahead to Rutgers? No, I would like if Northwestern upset some people in the Big Ten tournament and we had to play them again. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, Would much rather play them than than about half the league. So we'll see. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and look ahead to Purdue's next game at home against Rutgers. And we are back uh, to look ahead to Purdue's next game, going to be at home in Mackey Arena, coming up this Sunday, 5.30 p.m. tip, which is strange, uh, on FS1. And for those that did not see the announcement from Purdue, starting uh as of Friday, uh, masks will no longer be required in Mackey Arena, uh, so that is going to be an optional situation only, starting with the next game, which is going to be Rutgers. Uh, so for those listening who are heading to the game, there's your little PSA. So uh, Rutgers obviously has just been taking people out left and right. Uh, Casey, have you seen the Grim Reaper meme before? In general? Yeah, with with the Grim Reaper just knocking on the doors. Yes. Uh, Well, of course, because we live in a world of memes, uh, there is one now of Rutgers basketball, and there's the 
All the doors with blood coming out of them. Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois, and he's next knocking on Purdue, number two. So that is kind of how Rutgers has been treating yep. people lately. They, you know, if we if we go back and listen to the podcast where we made predictions about the Big Ten uh, standings, I don't think a single one of us thought uh, Rutgers, they'd be sitting at 10-5 and five at this point in the conference. I mean, I clearly predicted that because I took them so seriously in our <laughs> yeah. game preview last yeah. time. Yeah, for those that didn't listen, uh, I asked during the game preview for the Rutgers game, I said, you know, tell me what can we do about Ron Harper Jr.? How are we going to do that? And you're like, I'm not worried about him. It's fine. Uh, and then Ron Harper Jr. proceeded yeah. to score 30 points, yeah, grabbed did. 10 rebounds, and hit a uh, just beyond half-court shot for Rutgers to win the game in Purdue's first ever game as the number one overall team in the country and of course sadness ensued yeah i mean just for a little framing the five games before they played us they had the the game before they lost by 35 points to illinois Oof. they beat clemson by 10 then they lost to massachusetts lafayette and depaul yeah it's just i mean so you look at that and you're like, of course Purdue's going to handle them. We we were playing great, number one team in the country. It's Rutgers. Joe Baker wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah. And now Purdue has lost four straight to Rutgers. Yeah, and, and in comparison, Rutgers is coming in with a win against Illinois where they dominated at home, a win on the road at Wisconsin where they dominated on the road, a win at home against Ohio State, and a win at home against Michigan State where they won by 21 points. This is a yeah, different team. Well, it's not a different team than we saw. No. We were the start of this team <laughs> we, that we, we are all not seeing. Yeah, we apparently awoke something in them because, uh, like you just said, they've just been crushing people. And uh, did you were you able to watch any of the game last night, uh, the Rutgers-Illinois? Oh, yeah. Illinois? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did too. And the score does not really reflect mm -hmm. how dominant Rutgers was in that game. They were up by over 20 in the second half and just absolutely dominating Michigan state Izzo just had no response on the sideline, just looked completely flustered. I might be making this up, but I felt like the one caveat, the one thing in Rutgers favor is they don't play anyone small. They're big everywhere. They don't have a ton of size down low, even though uh, Clifford at Moyer, sorry, butchered that he's pretty good. Um, they just have tall, big wings everywhere. And yeah. you saw it against a team like Illinois with small guards. They just swallowed them up and they do it at every level on offense and defense. And they are just a dynamic team when they're on. And right now they are very much on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are playing their best basketball of the year right now. And as we said, it started when they took down Purdue. So the one silver lining for Purdue, and it's unfortunate for that, for Rutgers, um, is in their most recent game against Illinois, Ron Harper Jr. injured his left hand. We don't know the extent of the injury at this point. Uh, he's currently listed as day-to-day -day and is uncertain. Now, uh, a couple important facts here. It was his non-shooting hand, so uh, depending on what the injury turns out to be, uh, he could still play. Um, it would affect him, obviously, but not if not as much as it would if it's on a shooting hand. Um, but we just don't know enough about his status. But if you watch the replay of when the injury occurred, it sure looked like he broke a finger. Um, so I'm not a doctor, but you watch that video and it, it looked like that finger was broken. So uh, you can find it on the Internet if you want. It did not look nice to me, but uh, 
if he is out, it changes the complexion of the Rutgers team. Have you ever dislocated a finger? I have. You don't feel good. No, no, you don't. I I was playing um, backyard football. <laughs> I thought with you were some gonna friends. say Madden. No, yeah, I'm playing Madden. You know, didn't stretch right. No, playing backyard football and tried to catch the ball and it just hit my finger mm. and finger just kind of turned sideways. Yeah, it did. Um, and because you know I was like young and an idiot, I was just like. You know, it hurts, but I just looked down and I just grabbed my finger and just snapped it back in to place. You did that yourself? I did. Man, you are tougher than me. And I was like, mm. I just remember I went like, ah, did it. And then I was like, and I was like, oh, it doesn't really hurt that bad anymore. But, oh, uh, see, uh, but I, it hurt, it hurt very badly the next day. Yeah. Cause my only dislocation, I don't even know if you call it a dislocation. Pretty sure you do. It dislocated inwards. Hmm. It was like a jam only yeah. it popped it out going right. backwards and it went back in on its own. Thank God. Cause Ugh. I, I don't think I could have done that. Um, yeah, but my, and that was when I was playing basketball, like six days a week, I think I had to take like three or four days off before I could even dribble. And then I had to tape the finger up for three or four weeks. Granted, Ron Harper is much like you probably tougher than me. Um, <laughs> probably going to have better better medical advice than yes, tape it up. Yes, I would have had much better access to care. But it's not impossible to imagine that he might have some difficulty playing a game where you use your hands a lot in yeah. like three days. Well, yeah. And I would love even, for him to be okay, but like okay exactly. in like five days. Yeah, I hope he's okay on the 21st, mm-hmm. the day after they play. Um, And the thing is, I mean, even if his, even if he is able to go and he just, you know, wraps up a finger or whatever he needs to do, that finger's going to get hit time and time again. I mean, basketball, you know, it's not a contact sport per se like football, uh, but I mean, you're getting bounced around, you're getting hit, and that is going to have an impact on how you play the game. Uh, This could go one of two ways for Purdue. It could be great uh, in that he has to sit out the game or he plays and he's ineffective. Yeah, because that's the thing about finger injuries. They don't heal. Yeah, Yeah, you just... There's nothing, there's no magic cream or anything. You just no. have to give it time. And then it gets hit again and you immediately feel right back to where you were. Yeah. Yeah. The other way I see this working is maybe, maybe it's because I've been a Purdue fan for so long is, you know, they, we don't know if he's going to play. We don't know if he's going to play. They announce he's going to play, has the game of his life. And it's like the story that dominates college basketball the next day. That, or probably more likely he does have to sit out and then Geo Baker just takes 40 shots and <laughs> makes like 90 of them. Yeah, that, that is that is another option. So, yeah, like you said, we don't have their number. They're good. I, I don't understand their season. Um, I like everyone on their team pretty much. And, yeah, they're terrifying. They're not. They're not a good matchup for us. Pretty evident after that first game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you they're mentioned big, in the group. They're long. They're athletic. Scared. You mentioned, you mentioned in the, the first half of the pod and in our group chat that you think this is a great opportunity for Ethan Morton to get more minutes because of his length and his ability to defend the perimeter. Right. I'm. He was guarding Harper at the end of the game. I mean, you can argue no. how that turned out. It didn't go yeah. out well. But the reason he was guarding him is because he was the only one even sticking with him. Like, Harper's still too strong for him and can get a shot off inside. Well, but... yeah, and I mean, he's, he's older and he's more experienced than Morton for sure. Right, but Morton played 24 minutes, one of his highest grossing games a minute was. We had to put him on him because we had no one else that could even remotely stick, excuse me, remotely stick with him. So it's I, it's concerning. I It would be nice if he can't play because that's one of, one of the riddles we don't have an answer for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, we said it at the top, he, he had 30 and 10 the time these two... 
uh, teams played earlier in the year, and he was he was basically unstoppable. I mean, if he wanted to, he could have had forty. He could have had forty five points. I mean, ten rebound, five yeah. of seven from three. Yeah, I mean, ten of fifteen from the floor. So it's not like he was just chucking and and wound up with with thirty. I mean, he was efficient. He was just he. I mean, he was incredible. It's one of the one of the best performances I've seen against Purdue all year. Yeah, and it was a game where we couldn't shoot at all on the road in the rack, which is just terrifying. And once again, half court shot. Yeah, we were yep. technically up. It was a big tray game, so we'll see if he can get. Actually, it was a big tray and Edie game, so we'll see if we can dominate inside again. That's gonna be that's that's our one mismatch. They don't have big big bodies. They just have long wings everywhere. So. It would be nice to get back to where Trey and Edie dominated for 40 full minutes. Yeah, and it's you look at what happened in that first game. Purdue was seven of 26 from three. Uh, that is that is a crisp 26.9 percent. So you would hope at home uh, Purdue can increase that a little bit and maybe try to slow down the suddenly juggernaut Rutgers offense. And you hope that's going to be enough to win. You mentioned uh, as we were preparing to record that. Ken Palm has us as what, like an 80% chance to win this game? Yeah, it's crazy. Ju- it just seems outrageous to Computers me. Computers are dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, our, our offense was putting a slog through a lot of that game. We had 10 assists on 25 made field goals. That That's not the way we normally operate. Uh, it's not the way we want to operate. So it, it it's going to be a test. Jaden Ivey's going to have to have a big game. And... Yeah, we we just we definitely need to bring it more than we have the last three games. Yeah, I mean that's an understatement. I mean if we if we play the way we did against either Northwestern or Maryland, I don't see this going well for Purdue. So I look at ESPN because I, I was looking at the stats from the previous game when these two played. Of course, you look you can look at the matchup predictor, which uh, they said it's based on ESPN's Basketball Power Index. I have no idea what all goes into that. Uh, BPI, but they, baby. Well, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know every uh, variable that goes into that. But their matchup predictor has Purdue as a 92.9 percent chance of victory. That's wild. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I know you know an algorithm is I, only as smart as the people who who type in the information and and prepare it. But those people must not have been watching anything that Rutgers or Purdue has been doing for the last month. Yeah, the last month. I guess. I guess we're over. I, I do think we're overinflating the win because it. It wasn't like what we've seen from Rutgers lately where they dominated Illinois. They got lucky to beat us. Yes, they absolutely did. I mean, we played a better game than them, and it took a miracle shot for them to win. They shot 50% from three, got 30 points from a Harper. Hard to imagine they're going to repeat either of those, but they also are getting they're getting Geo Baker back. In general, their team's a lot more confident. That defense is better. Uh, yeah, this is it, it is it is hard to have a rematch be less known. Like more of a mystery than this one it was so yeah. long ago it it was what almost like a full two months they played on december 9th yeah so i mean it's over two months ago we were different people then Ledman. that's right i've i you know i've had a birthday since then it's just it's wild um there's just so much has happened yeah long time ago 2021 yeah who even remembers 2021 at this we point were, <laughs> we were number one in the country Ledman. i remember undefeated I remember it was a pew, lovely pew, time, pew, lovely pew. time. And rem- I remember we recorded a podcast talking about how long you thought we could stay at number one. Did I say one week? No, I think Pretty you dumb. said, I think you said quite a while. Well, yeah. Cause we had four easy games after that. 
Yep, 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 yep. And that turned out to not be the case. So, oh, well, here we are. Um, So we're obviously quite worried about this game at home against Rutgers. This, as I said, this could be the fifth in a row that Purdue loses to Rutgers uh, if it comes to be. So Purdue has a hell of a task in front of them. And uh, hopefully we can figure something out because this game scares me. If we win Sunday, do we win the Big Ten? Oh, man, I, I don't know. Because it, yeah, okay. I, I will, I will say if we beat Rutgers, we win the Big Ten. Yeah, atta baby. Atta what, baby. I mean, what do you say? Oh, yeah. If we beat Rutgers, we win out. All right. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State is not as good uh, as, as they're ranked, I think. We've seen them be exposed time and time again. Now, at Wisconsin is always, always a little scary, especially because of how they played against us the first time. Johnny Davis but, is legit. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Davis scares scares me quite a bit. So, oh, but let's I, check in. You want to, uh, Marcus Bingham? You want to guess what his assist rate is now? What it's climbed uh, to? Oh, I have no earthly From idea. Michigan State. It was terrible, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, four percent. Two point eight. Oh my gosh. The boy does still not pass. Yes, that's very bad. That is very bad. So, uh, Big Ten season continues. It's gonna be a slog. We got four games left. We'll see who's atop the heap. Uh. At the beginning of March, and again, we've pointed this out time and time again, that home game against IU on March 5th could very well decide if Purdue wins the conference and is going to be both one hell of an atmosphere and I would imagine one hot ticket. Uh, if you have them, <laughs> may want to just see what the resale value of those is going to be if uh, if maybe you're thinking you don't want to go because those could be uh, worth quite a bit of money come March 3rd, March 4th. Yeah, no shame. Yeah, I mean get you gotta get the money home. when gotta gotta get the money when you can. So uh, if, anything, if, if Rutgers wins, are they your uh, national title favorites? No, they're mine. Are you serious? No. Okay, well but you they're said really it's, good. Yeah, they're very good. I mean, they're I'm terrified of this team. They're definitely going to be uh, making the tournament. I would say at this point, barring barring some sort of monumental collapse. I mean, I know they've got bad losses as we discussed, but real bad. They have so many good wins at this point. Uh, they're they're only 16 and nine, so I get why people are still keeping them on the bubble. But they have just looked so good. They have the weirdest resume. Yeah, they lost yep. the Northwestern. Yeah, yep, oh. yeah, a team that we have now beat twice, and yet we cannot solve the Rutgers riddle. They've only got five losses in the Big Ten. They could run it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're only half a game out in the in the loss column. So, and they're just again they're just crushing people. So we'll see. It's gonna make uh, this last these last four games gonna be pretty interesting. So. Uh, for Casey and myself, that's going to be it for us, man. We're really looking forward to this game on Sunday. Happy With birthday, Trepid- Jess. Hey, thank you. There you go. Yes, <laughs> it is my wife's birthday today. Uh, so she is going to be really psyched to hear a shout out. I don't know. She doesn't always listen. I'm not going to lie I say, to you. I should have done it at the beginning, and then she wouldn't have to <laughs> suffer all the way through. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I did, I did. Remember, if you'll recall, I told on the podcast that I got her birthday present like a month ago. What and is you were it? like, you were like, what is it? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. She listens sometimes. Oh, can you tell me now? I can because she opened it this morning. I got her okay. a new iPad. Nice. Been, I, it's been been sitting in the closet for a month. I'm going to be honest, Ledman. Yeah. Don't get the iPad thing. Well, you know what? It's just like a slightly bigger phone. That's why I didn't buy it for you, Casey. I know. I'm just saying not <laughs> not towards her. I'm sure it's a great gift. She loves it. Um, She, she will. Yeah, I she just does. don't understand why they're so... Popular. I'll say this. Uh, my main use for it is uh, reading comics. Okay. Uh, comics look great on it. I have one of the one of the iPads. It's like twelve point nine inches. 
uh, one of the big big boys, and it is great for reading comics on Marvel Unlimited. So that is my main use for it. And I also uh, will occasionally put on a movie or, or a television show while I work and just throw it up on my shelf. And now you guys know why he geeksplained Kang earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot I could go into about Kang, but yeah, we I'll, won't. That's a different. I'll maybe I'll full circle. Yeah, maybe that could be on just like Kang. Rutgers. Time travel. Kind of, kind of like Marvel supervillains, right? Are they exactly. heroes? Well, Do we know anymore? Yeah. Is there a clean line? No, never. All right, we gotta. Folks, have a good. Before, before this goes on anymore. All right, we'll chat with you next week. Let's get a win, folks. Spoiler. Oh, oh, the days we spent with you.